Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be covering episode 16 of The Days of Noah with Martin DeHaan. And today's title is History's Oldest Man. Let's get started. Enoch, the first astronaut who was raptured into heaven without dying, had a famous son by the name of Methuselah. However, his fame is somewhat overlooked and obscured in the shadow of his even more famous father, Enoch. Enoch was tremendously influenced by his son, Methuselah, and the birth of this boy who was to live almost a thousand years had a profound influence upon the life of Enoch. There was something which happened to Enoch when his son, Methuselah, was born, which affected his whole later life. He was never the same again. This is suggested by the record, Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years the rest of his life, Genesis 5.22. The birth of Methuselah must have been the occasion for some revelation which God gave to Enoch concerning the significance of the birth of this boy. We therefore shall seek to find an answer to two important questions. What was it about the birth of Methuselah which had such a profound effect upon his father that it changed his whole outlook on life and caused him to walk with God after he begot Methuselah? And two, what was the secret of Methuselah's long life, 969 years? And is there any connection between his mysterious birth and his long life? We believe the Bible has the answer to these two questions and will help us understand the words of Jesus as it was in the days before the flood, so shall it again be when Jesus comes back. We have a key to the mystery of Methuselah's life in the fact that it was mentioned twice that Enoch walked with God. This implies intimacy, confidence, and sharing of information. In this intimate fellowship, God took Enoch into his confidence and began to reveal to him his plan for the future. This is certain from Jude's statement that Enoch prophesied of the coming of the Lord in judgment upon a wicked world. While Enoch walked with God, wickedness, violence, and evil were increasing apace. And Enoch must have wondered how long God would be patient before he took a hand in arresting the downward path of humanity. Evidently, God gave him an answer. It is both a promise and a characteristic of God that he takes his servants into his confidence and reveals to them things to come. When the Lord would destroy Sodom, the, the counterpart of the flood of Noah, he revealed to his servant Abraham his plan, and we hear God saying, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Genesis 18:17. David in the Psalms gives the following promise. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Psalm 25, 14. Solomon tells us the Lord's secrets are with the righteous. Proverbs 3:32. In this same connection, we quote again from Amos. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets, Amos 3, 3 and 7. The Lord does not leave his children in darkness, but reveals to them his plan and program if they are willing to listen. This is the very essence of the word of God. It is the revelation of himself, his work, his purpose, and future program. We know today what God is doing. He has plainly told us. He is not converting the world, but instead is gathering out an elect company. While the world waxes worse and worse, and finally God steps in, takes out his bride, and then judges the earth. This is plainly revealed in the Bible. We are not in darkness as to what God is doing, but he has shared with us his secret plan, and it was so in the days before the flood. Enoch, type of the church, 
was evidently informed by the Lord what he was about to do. Not only did God reveal to Enoch the coming of the flood, but also the blessed hope that he would be translated before the judgment fell. We can imagine God confiding in Enoch and saying, My child, things are rapidly moving toward a climax. The wickedness of man is becoming so great that I am going to step in and put an end to it by a great flood. The Lord later revealed the same thing to Noah. And the Lord said to Noah, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Genesis 6, 7. This revelation must also have been given to Enoch, and as a result, he became the preacher of coming judgment. Jude 14. It is not unreasonable to suppose that questions would arise in Enoch's mind concerning the details of this coming catastrophe. He would, of course, like to know when this judgment would come. This was the same question the disciples were so eager about when they asked him, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world or the end of the age? Matthew 24, 3. Evidently, the Lord had revealed to Enoch that he would be taken out before the judgment. What else can the words of Hebrews 11.5 mean? By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. However, Enoch wanted also to know when this translation would occur, but just as in the case of the disciples centuries later, the Lord did not reveal the day or the date. Enoch had to accept by faith its certainty and its imminency. To the disciples' question, Jesus gave a long list of signs, and among them the repetition of the days in which Enoch lived before the flood. To Enoch also the Lord gave a sign in a most dramatic way. That sign was the birth of his son Methuselah. We believe that God revealed to Enoch that the coming of the flood would, would correspond to the death of his son. As long as Methuselah was alive, the judgment would not come. But when Methuselah was taken from the world, then it would happen. The life of Methuselah became the measure of God's long-suffering and patience before the flood came. Arthur Pink, in his book, Gleanings in Genesis, points out that the name Methuselah is the key to God's revelation concerning the coming of the flood. He gives the meaning of the word as, when he, Methuselah, is gone, then it will happen. Quoting Mr. Pink, we read as follows. The name Methuselah strongly implies that Enoch had received a revelation from God. The name Methuselah signifies, when he is dead, it shall be sent, i.e. the deluge. In all probability, then a divine revelation is memorialized in this name. It was as though God said to Enoch, Do you see that baby? The world will last as long as he lives and no longer. When that child is taken out, I shall deal with the world in judgment. The windows of heaven will be opened, the fountains of the great deep will be broken up, and humanity will perish. We can easily see what a revelation of this kind would do to Enoch. He did not know whether this boy would live a day or a hundred years. It might occur at any moment, and it is no wonder he walked with God from that day on. How he must have watched little Methuselah, knowing that if anything happened and he should die, the flood would come. Suppose God had revealed to you that the life of one of your children was the measure of time before judgment fell. How would you watch that child? Every time he was late from school, every time he fell sick, you would ask the question, Is this it? This too must have been the effect upon Enoch, and it prompted him to walk with God. After Methuselah was born, the presence of this son of Enoch was to prevent the flood, but when he was gone, it would come. The longer Methuselah lived, the longer the day of God's grace would be extended. 
I realize that some will question this interpretation and consider it rather far-fetched. However, there is one fact which seems to establish the correctness of the meaning of the name Methuselah. It is the fact that it works out exactly in the record, for the flood came in the same year and the very same day of Methuselah's death. If you are inclined to question this, take a pencil and figure it out. The flood of Noah came exactly 969 years after Methuselah's birth. In Genesis 5.25, we read that Methuselah lived 187 years when his son Lamech was born. In verse 28, we are told that Lamech was 182 years old when Noah was born. Adding the two figures together, we find that Methuselah was 369 years old when Noah was born, 187 plus 182. Now we have one more figure to add. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, Genesis 7:11. The flood came. Noah was 600 years old when the flood came, and Methuselah was 969 years old at the same time. It was the verification of God's promise. When he is gone, then it shall come. This will also answer the second question we raised at the beginning of this chapter. What was the reason for the long life of Methuselah? The answer now becomes clear. God is a loving, patient God, and judgment is his strange work. He desires men to be saved, and though he could justly rain judgment upon them without delay, he extends the day of grace. The cup of man's iniquity was full of the days of Noah, and the flood was due. But in long-suffering patience, the Lord extended the day of grace. Therefore, in postponing this day of judgment, God must lengthen the life of Methuselah, for he had said, When he is gone, the judgment will fall, and not before. Here is the reason for the long life of this son of Enoch, for God had limited the time of grace to the lifespan of Methuselah. This interpretation is verified beyond a shadow of a doubt by the words of Peter in 1 Peter 3. Peter gives the explanation as follows. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he, Christ, went and preached into the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient. Now notice carefully, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. 1 Peter three eighteen through 20 Notice carefully that the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. God in long-suffering extended the day of grace. He waited for a time before he sent the flood. In doing this, he extended the life of Methuselah. The judgment was held off for 120 years. We read the following interesting explanation and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Genesis 6.3 The judgment was due. The flood could justly have come, but then we read, Yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. Genesis 6.3 We may therefore assume that God also added a hundred and twenty years to the life of Methuselah to permit the flood to be postponed for the same period of time. Normally, Methuselah should have died at the age of 849 years, but the long-suffering of God waited and added the additional 120 years to Methuselah's life. As it was in the days before the flood, so also shall it be at the end of this age, for Methuselah, as well as his father Enoch, becomes a type of the church. The flood is a picture of judgment of the tribulation, but that day cannot come until the church is taken away. God promised Enoch that the flood could not come until Methuselah was removed from the earth. So too, God has promised 
that the church must first be raptured before the great and terrible day of the Lord. We have already seen that the flood came immediately after the removal of Methuselah. So also, God in long-suffering is withholding judgment until the church is out of the way. Just as God postponed the flood in mercy to allow men to be saved, likewise the translation of the church, we believe, could have happened long ago, but as we shall see in our next message, God is holding it off in long-suffering love for the lost men and women. We do not know how much longer God will extend the day of grace, for the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And then the door of salvation will be forever closed for those who have despised the long-suffering patience of God and rejected God's offer of salvation. There will be a great multitude saved after the rapture, but only from among those who have never had the opportunity of receiving Christ. Those who have rejected him will have no excuse. Remember, as it was in the days of Noah, it is again today. God said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Although the Lord is patient and long-suffering, he will not hold back the reckoning day indefinitely. One of these days, Christ will suddenly descend from heaven with a shout. The dead in Christ will be resurrected. The living believers changed, and together they will be caught out of the earth, and then the flood of God's judgment. And then the flood of God's judgment will break upon an ungodly world. But that day has not yet come, and the door of salvation is still open. Now, while it is called today, harden not your heart. Guys, as you hear this, I just wonder the thought process. Are you one that God has called and tried to speak to and get over and over and again and again? If so, I pray that today's the day that you believe, that you believe unto Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Understand this. The day of the Lord is coming. Whether you go in the rapture or you die like everyone else is going to, the day is definitely going to come where you will have to answer to God. I pray it's through salvation and not condemnation. Hey, guys, if this has helped, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.